Hello and welcome to another episode of Create Loud. I'm your host, Rachel Robison, flying solo again. Um, Cody's out of commission for a little bit, but we still have an awesome episode for you today. And I'm really excited about it, actually, because we are talking with Akash the Car today. And just to give you a little overview, um, he's based in Seattle, Washington, and he's been an audio designer for games like Hyperlight Drifter, Heat Signature, Concrete Genie, Destiny, and many others. He's the author of Maximizing Game Feel Through Sound, a composer slash sound designer's approach to upgrading your game's impact and is constantly looking for new ways to spread his knowledge within the game industry. And just real quick, you can find out more about Akash at his awesome website, akashthecar.com. So without further ado, here is our interview with Akash. What is up? Hello. I just have to let you know, first of all, that you've been on our list of people to interview for quite a while. So to be able to <gasps> finally so do that, I'm really stoked. Why didn't you ask sooner? I want to be on podcast. You know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what my problem is but hey we're we're, we're doing here now it. which is all that matters so um i also want to tell you that your um game industry professional course is basically what helped me out of my burnout so <gasps> just gonna take this quick little moment to thank you for that Honored. because yes i just this was like I was just super excited to to dive into that because I had it, you know, I, I signed up for it forever ago and then things happened and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to finish this and I'm really glad I did. I am so happy to hear that. So, That's ambrosia to me. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. That's really good. So, but yeah, that's, there's just um, a lot of cool things that you do. Let me just ask you, how are you handling all this social distancing quarantine stuff you holding up okay yeah you know it's uh for me specifically and i'm not saying this is true of literally anybody else on the planet it's heaven because (laughs) i no one knows this and no one believes me when i tell them this especially if they've met me in person such as you i am Mm -hmm. as far as you can possibly be on the introvert spectrum and then pushing it further like they probably should have a new category for me they should probably have a new word (laughs) i can literally go months without opening my mouth to make a sound at any other human and be in like thrilled and this was like proof of that i always joked about that with my friends of like oh no i genuinely do best when I have no social contact for months on end. And they're like, oh, you, ah, no humans like that. <laughs> and this is just like, no, dog, you're more productive, you're more ripped, you're happier than you've ever been. So that's me and no one else. And I'm not saying the quarantine's a good thing, but in general, <laughs> it's just served my introversion to an extreme level. Hmm, that's interesting. I don't, I don't know what I would call myself or consider myself, but it's, it's been about sixes for me because okay. I, I'm fine being at home, but I'm, I am also starting to miss people. So you're, you're an ambivert. Like, you're a unicorn. I guess so. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm a unicorn. I will take that <laughs> and run with it. So yeah, I just, especially just with all the, um, I don't know, just the longer we do this, the more I'm like, okay. Like, I obviously recognize the importance of of staying home and everything yes. we need to do right now, but I'm just like, I'm really excited to be able to hang out with people again and, like, go to conferences. I think things will be a little different. But yeah, probably still. for a while. Yeah, but I, I just, like, with, I don't know. That's just how I feel. <laughs> 
so it's just a mix i guess the unicorn mix but, <laughs> um yeah so obviously the way that you and i met was at the game developers conference mm-hmm. um and that i missed that conference side note but um so it's been really cool to just be able to you know be in that circle with you like through game audio and things like that so just to start off like why did you specifically choose that career field like what what got you into it yeah so it's it's a saga and it's a journey so like many people in game audio it wasn't the first thing on my radar when i was starting to do music sound stuff i actually went to music school at the berkeley college of music in boston to become a drum performer i had hair down to my butt it was glorious it looked like slash's hair from guns and roses but even longer you can facebook <laughs> or instagram stalk me and you'll find pictures and i, I wanted think I will. yes please do um <laughs> and i spent a lot of time just playing drums for like 10 hours a day non-stop metal drums specifically and wanted to be a touring metal or just touring drummer or session drummer and just through pure luck while i was walking around in a hallway i still remember the vivid image of which hallway it was i could take you there and point you to that clipboard there was a bulletin board that said video game orchestra looking for percussionists and i was like huh interesting and it was a summer semester so no one was there so i didn't have to like audition against anybody which is great because i do terrible in any sort of testing environment so I just show up and get Same. the gig instantly because literally no one else is there to do it. I'd never played orchestral per- percussion before in my life. I didn't own a set of mallets. I bought them on the way to the first rehearsal. I didn't know what a suspended cymbal was. None of it. I literally was not prepared. But eventually oh we got to the point where we were performing with Nobuo Uematsu. So I drummed with the composer of Final Fantasy. And that was like the turning point of, oh, I want to be like this cool old man. I don't want to just play other people's music. I want to I want to limit break and start teaching myself how to do this stuff. So I quit that, even though it was like the greatest opportunity of all time to be able to tour the world and stuff like that. I quit it so that I could pursue video game music and sound while still at the school. So still at Berkeley and kind of started teaching myself and then learning from professors as they started coming in because we got a video game professor eventually and ran a even video game music club where I was trying to teach what I was learning one chapter ahead of everybody else. So it all kind of snowballed from there. Wow, that is so exciting. It's something that I think the general um consensus with people that i talked to is like oh video game music's a thing yes you know like they don't really think about off the top of their head compared to like film music and stuff so with the program that you were doing at school things like that i mean how long did you have to wait for like a um for a video game professor like you mentioned i think i think it was like the third year of college so i i got to know him his name is michael sweet he rules and he is famous for making the Xbox 360 startup sound and all the UI sounds. So he's, he's a baller Dang. of the highest order. But he uh, came in, I think, in my third year at school. And when they announced, like, oh, we're doing, like, a video game class, I couldn't have signed up faster. So I really lucked out. It was, like, perfect <laughs> timing because I was close to graduating, but I could get knowledge from him. And there's one other professor named Janine Cohen who also was into it. So... Janine and Michael, I learned a ton from, like about FMOD and Wise and all that sort of stuff, which back then in like 2011, mm-hmm. 
there was no YouTube talking about FMOD and Wise. There was no resources. Right. To, like literally nobody was talking about this on the internet at all in any way, shape or form. So it was a godsend to be able to learn from them. I bet. Holy cow. Yeah. Dang. So so from that point, you know, once you, you know, finish school, all that stuff and just I mean, it went uphill from there from what it sounds like, <laughs> you know, just I mean, there were struggles for opportunities sure. And, right. Well, let's let's touch on that for a second. <laughs> like what? I mean, did any of those struggles like kind of. Well, I mean, of course, they probably helped you where you are now, but how. I don't know, just expound on that a little bit if you want to. Yeah, so at school, we'll start there. I was always the lowest performing student in pretty much every class. I was the worst drummer. I was the worst musician. I was the worst sound designer. All of it. Like, period. I was the worst. Period. So Hmm. that made me realize, and that's a good thing for me because there's a great quote that I still hold dear because I don't, like, there's so much talk about natural talent and music and sound and all that sort of stuff. But there's a great quote by Marcus Aurelius. I think it's Marcus Aurelius or Seneca. I can't quite remember. Um, But who the gods wish to destroy, they will first call talented. And I kept seeing over and over and over again the people at Berkeley who had full rides, full scholarships, hundreds of thousands of dollars of free free money and crazy talent. Like when they were two, they were playing at Carnegie Hall levels of stuff. All of them failed. Not a single one in my years doing music. I checked for fun. I was like, I wonder if anyone's doing it. Zero, literally zero. And the reason is, is because when you're so good, so naturally, the first sign of struggle, you crack. You've never felt it before. So you're like, what what is this? What is this struggle? I can't do this. Oh, my God, you shatter. And this is true in athletics. If you look at, you know, Michael Jordan is very famous for this, like cut from his high school basketball team. So yeah, for sure. When that struggle of being the objective, measurable worst at everything I tried to do was very, very helpful for just being like, all right, I have to outwork everybody. I have to out mindset everybody. And I just have to outlast everybody. And that's still true to this day. Like there's so many people who are infinitely better than me at literally everything I do. So it's a matter of mindset. Yeah, I like I like the way you put that. You know, it really is with mindset because um, something that I didn't realize until later is that even even when you're you know a top industry vet you know like you're everyone feels the same way you know like Mm -hmm. oh i'm not very good at this like what am i doing that's something that's super mind-blowing to me is to have you know all these like a-listers that feel the same way that i do at times no one knows what they're doing no which is comforting at sometimes <laughs> like it's comforting in the sense of like oh good it's not just me yes 100 <laughs> so, percent. it's everybody yeah that's that's definitely something that helps me when i go through like whatever you call it because you know if um i think in a conversation you and i had one time um you brought up like john powell things yeah. like that like they they literally you know go through that exact same thing mm-hmm. it's like you know, it's motivating, so that's good. It feels good. Yeah, it feels like you're on the right it path. It does. Yeah, because it's a crazy road. You know, as, as niche, well, you'd call it niche yeah. in game audio. Yeah. Like, like as, as niche as it is, there's still, like, a whole other set of challenges that go with it compared to, you know, I guess I keep using film music as an example because that's, I don't know, that's what's there. Mm-hmm. But, um. What do you like the most about this industry? The best part is the people. And I know I earlier said that I go without 
I can go without humans for a really long time, which is true. Mm -hmm. But the people you do get to work with in games far exceed any other industry, period. Like when I talk to people in other industries and I'm lucky enough to be that weirdo who just likes studying <laughs> business and mindset in every industry. So when I talk to people who are in the military or who are professional athletes or I talk to a special forces fighter pilot, like those sorts of people, they all talk about how much they hate their coworkers. <laughs> every single one. Oh my. I, I, I hear it over and over and over again. But every time I'm on like, I'm on cool, two really cool teams right now. And when I have meetings with them, it's thrilling. Like I'm genuinely having a great time talking to them and learning from them and building stuff with them. So even as an extreme introvert, so that should say something, the people of this <laughs> industry are like fun. They're way more laid back. They're way more helpful than any other industry. Looking at you, film, geez. And they're <laughs> far, far, far more just chill they're they're not as competitive they're not as cutthroat they're not as kind of unthinking and unfeeling as so many other fields especially other artistic fields again looking at you film so it's really refreshing <laughs> to be in that sort of circle yeah that's for sure i completely agree with you and i mean most of my experience with like um i guess people people in games outside of like the game audio community um has just been through volunteering mm -hmm. you know doing that program at gdc and just being able to meet all those other um you know programmers designers all those people and it like truly that's just the general impression that i that yeah. i get is that everyone's just like it's just super welcoming and um i i like that it makes you definitely like it makes all the hard stuff worth it because it, it really is just a, a cool industry to be a part of it's true so. yeah you could walk up to a famous uh game director and they will actually talk to you whereas if you walk up to steven spielberg you'll be assaulted by men in suits <laughs> like it's so different it's super different and i i really do like that that willingness of like or i really do like that um i guess just for lack of a better word just community you know yeah. like hey yeah i'll you've got a question i'll answer it you know yeah like that. totally so that being said, I mean, what are what are some at least in your career path with everything that you do? Like, what what are some things that you wish you would have changed about your career path? Oh man, I mean, I think this is true <laughs> of a lot of us. But there's the there's two answers, right? There's nothing because otherwise mm -hmm. it wouldn't have landed ended me up here. And then there's also Classic. like everything, like it's both at the same time. <laughs> so I'll yeah. I'll I'll stay I'll say the nothing thing and we'll toss that aside because you know that's what a lot of people <laughs> say and then we'll start and then we'll go down the other road. Yeah. So uh -huh. there's so much because I wish I had and this is something I'm a big proponent of nowadays, but I fell into the same trap that every other artist does in any industry, which is oh if I only get good then everything else will take care of itself. Like, oh, if I just get really mm -hmm. skilled, then I'll get all the jobs, right? It's not even remotely 1% yeah. true. If, if John Williams had never composed for a film before, but was just as good as he is today, and then released the theme for Star Wars on SoundCloud tomorrow, having no cred and no introduction to anything, no one knew who he was, he'd get two comments and people be like, nice. That's it. That's all people would say to the theme of Star Wars. That's all, no one would care. 
skill isn't the only thing. And I fell into the trap of just being like, oh, I don't need to network. I don't need to like learn the business or about money or any of these scary things. So I wish I had done that mm -hmm. one sooner for sure. But now I'm a huge proponent of it. So it's that kind of worked out. Yeah, um, definitely. Also, I wish I had uh, learned more about so I, you know, I was into the technical stuff, I was into synthesizers and, you know, sound design -y sort of stuff early on. But I wish I dived in a lot deeper into that stuff earlier on when it comes to things like MIDI mockups and, you know, making mm. crazy synth sounds and layering it all together. That was a big struggle for me to learn. That took longer than it should have to be able to make crazy textures while still making them sound good in a game. Like for Hyperlight, that was a big learning process. So those sorts of like deep work where you just need to sit at a computer for six hours and make garbage and then walk away completely unsatisfied for months on end. I wish I'd done that sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, me too, actually. And I mean, I'm still kind of in that. I mean, we're um, always. <laughs> phase. Right. Yeah. Just like we said, but um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, I think for me, like, and I, I think um i guess just advice for for other like emerging composers and sound designers like that like that's really really huge you know mm -hmm. like i don't know it feels like at least for me it felt like i couldn't you know start doing mock-ups until i completed a bunch of other stuff first right, right? like if, if i don't know if, exactly. if it's just me but it feels like there's just like this this to-do list and i can't do anything else once i like until i have this and this or until I'm able to learn this thing or until I get my degree and it's like right I just wish that I started all that stuff sooner too just because I I definitely felt like I couldn't yet for some reason right but I felt the same way and like listen to that. it's this interesting <laughs> balance of like okay you do need to do skill development because what I said earlier isn't that skill doesn't matter it's just not the only thing so it's like this interesting right. push and pull where you need to develop some skills, sure, but probably not as much as most people think. Like you don't need to be John Williams before you start networking, which is what a lot of people think. So it's, you got to balance the two. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to have, you know, a huge portfolio either before no. um, networking. You and I have very similar opinions on networking. Like I'm super passionate yes. about it. Cause that's, that's really what I've done the most. Um, <laughs> You know, like I, I went to my first uh, game sound con, hmm. not knowing a single thing about game audio and just started meeting people. And I think it was after I probably shared this on the show before, but I was with my roommate um, on the trip and we were talking to these two. I don't even remember who they were, but we were talking to them and I, I wasn't really interested because they weren't the big famous hmm. like... <laughs> game composers so I didn't really want to talk to them and that was such a huge mistake that I you know I wish I would have talked to them because they they were probably like developers or something I don't I really don't remember and that just shows how much of a tunnel vision I had for meeting the famous people but um just meeting anybody and everybody and there's always like there's always a a dot connected somewhere totally with anybody out there so it's like it's just super important I, um, I remember so yeah, Danny Baranowski of Super Meat Boy and, you know, Crypt of the Necrodancer fame and everything else fame. That guy's killing it. Gave me some really good advice when I was first starting out. And he was like, don't try to 
jump up to a different level by like networking with famous people sure you can do that but don't try to like get in with them network with mm -hmm. everybody around you and build each other up through hard work and that's how you get to succeed and that has stuck with me he gave me that advice in like 2012 but when i was first starting Dang. out and it's still i, I still that. remember i still think of it every day every time i like hang out with danny even if we're just eating burgers and wings and getting like way too full I still bring that up. I'm like, man, I'm so glad you told me that. <laughs> it's, but like, how brave of you to <laughs> yeah, admit truly, that though. tunnel vision? Because I had that too. I would think like, ah, this person's not successful. Why would I talk to them? I think we all go yeah. through that when we're first starting out. The sooner you just forget about that, the the better off you'll be with building your network. Because I I totally agree about you know having friends, like genuine mm -hmm. friends, to help build each other up as we. We're literally all in this together, so. Mm -hmm. Totally. I'm really interested in asking, you know, people about their work-life balance, yeah. especially as I'm trying to, you know, kind of find my groove of, of, you know, combining the two and making it all work with each other. Yeah. And again, everybody's always trying to figure that out. That's why there's always talks about it. Mm -hmm. But I do want to ask your take on that because it's kind of harder at least for me it's always harder than it i don't know sounds like sometimes oh sure yeah 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 it's it's not the same for everybody which makes it even harder because <laughs> yeah. what i do won't work for you and what you do won't work for anybody else like it's so different for everybody because we're lucky to be in a job that's kind of malleable right most of the time we're working from home and so we can kind of play with it a little bit and just be like, uh, what if I were started work at 8 p.m.? Who cares? Uh, it, you can really play around with it. But what I've noticed is that people tend to use the term, oh, I need to find work-life balance. And I think the word find is really dangerous there because it means that there's something to be discovered about it that isn't already out there, that isn't already readable about, that isn't already just like mm. available. I think mm -hmm. what work-life balance should be is scheduled. So if we schedule breaks, if we schedule like time off and know, okay, this Saturday I ain't doing shit. I'm gonna eat an entire deep dish pizza <laughs> all to myself and eat an entire box of Oreos. Who's gonna know? Nobody. Um, and we can schedule that in. I find that to work really, really well for me. But I'm actually a weird person to ask about work-life balance because if you ask like close friends of mine, they know I'm a crazy person. I am happiest when I'm <laughs> working and focused. Like if I put in a full 16-hour day, I'm thrilled. And if anyone pulls me away from that, I get very angry. Like the thing that makes me mad is, and I don't get angry at all, often at all, the thing that makes me angry is being pulled away by typical social obligations. Like if people are like, hey, do you want to mm. go hang out? I'm like, no, what? What are you <laughs> talking about? I want to practice no. for the next eight hours. Like kill me if I have to hang out at a bar. Oh my God. <laughs> but like, I also honor that I'm a Slytherin and am very hardcore oh. and very disciplined and extremely focused. So it's really, really different. So for me, my balance is none because that's what makes me thrilled and happy. Like I wake up the next morning being like, hell yeah, I put in a 16 hour day yesterday. Let's do it again. Let's get in a crazy workout. It's 4 a.m. Let's go. Because again, I also wake up at 4 a.m. No one should be like me at all in any way, shape or form. But that's how I look at it. <laughs> well, I think there, there are some good relatable qualities 
a cash, so don't worry. <laughs> but that's no, that's interesting though, because you know, like I I like that you said, you know, what, what works for you won't work yeah. for me or, or somebody else. Just you know, because my my idea of waking up at four a.m. is not the same as yours. It's true, with most people, yes. <laughs> I mean, I have to wake up at like four thirty, but that's just that's pretty you know, damn early. I know, I know, it's rough, but dang, that's part of i mean at least with my work schedule because i have a day job so it's a little different for me um because you know i gotta i, I work the the early shift so 6 a.m to like 2 15 i'm there and then something that, that actually stuck with me from one of your courses was um the concept of of energy and saying mm. or instead of saying like Oh, I got to make more time for this. It's really like an energy thing. 100%. I, if you, if anyone else wants to know what we're talking about, you're going to have to <laughs> look it up. But um, yeah, just, just really made me think about um, just how I, how I go about my day, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm still just figuring out what the flow is, especially after like coming back from like I mentioned before, just super bad burnout. Like, yeah, not even touching my keyboard for months. Like I didn't do a single music thing. So it was like, I'm pretty much starting. It feels like I'm starting from square one again, which I get to skip ahead a couple steps because yes. of how, how long I've <laughs> been in this journey anyway. But um, yeah, it's just like with life changing, that's also things to factor in too. True, totally. Like you and the audience may be very comforted to hear I was sitting down to dinner with a ultra famous composer you know who he is you know their music like you know exactly every single person in this audience knows who this is and he was telling me he's like i haven't been able to enter my studio in a year because yeah and this guy's huge like you would think like oh their output must be so insane oh my god oh my god no suffering from the exact same thing you just described exact same thing like literally word for word what you said is what he had to deal with as well so it's very universal and something to look out for and the thing you mentioned about Mm -hmm. energy versus time management is so key because like you said we all are trying oh i need i just need more time no we need more energy and if we find the way to do that which Mm -hmm. is different for everybody you know i wake up 4 a.m i take an ice bath i'm not exaggerating or joking um i put in a crazy heavy workout that nearly kills me basically i have like three hours (laughs) in my morning that i live like a navy seal and then and then i get to it and that keeps my energy pretty boundless throughout the entire day but yes as long as we find a way for us because it's different for everybody that helps us manage that it prevents those things from happening but even to the best even to the most famous it still happens and that's like i'm glad that that works for you because that (laughs) <laughs> no, I I might try. Don't. <laughs> nothing. I'm trying nothing out of that routine. It's just insane. That because that works for you. But holy cow, dude! <laughs> it's crazy. That's great. Um, it's um with again. I'm just really glad that um, it's not just me. <laughs> you no. know, like I I say that with a lot of things, but it's. I hope anyone listening is is you know writing that down too because. It that also helps go through, or that also helps people go through that kind of stuff because it's easier to go through it when you know that there's definitely people that can um, 
help you out of that whatever rut it is or you know whatever struggles you're mm-hmm. having with with that work-life balance everyone struggles with it mm-hmm. that's for sure so um just a little a little something that i pretty much say every single time on my podcast mm-hmm. is we're basically like the the realistic approach to following your dreams mm. and i like that I was going to ask you if you have any words of advice for, I mean, game audio or not, you know, whatever, whatever their career path of choice or whatever passion they want to follow. Like what, what advice do you have for people? Yeah. So for this, I will quote my good friend, Jerry Seinfeld, and he put it really well and we'll elaborate. He said, your blessing in life, is finding the torture you're comfortable with. And what that means is that there's this whole thing, and I'm very against it, and I have a TED Talk about how against it I am, of, okay, (laughs) we have to be passionate about what we do. We have to love every second of it. We have to wake up and enjoy every minute of our work. But that's not even remotely true. When you look at any top performer in the world, that's not even remotely true. Muhammad Ali hated training. Michael Phelps, no one mm. talks about this, hates water. Michael Phelps hates water. I need to make that extremely Wait, clear. Michael Phelps does not like swimming or water. <laughs> Andre Agassi, the greatest male tennis player of all time, hates tennis. Hates it. Are you kidding hates me? Hates it. Cannot stand it. His book talks about this. It is so common where we think, oh, my God, these people are so passionate. They must love it. It's completely <laughs> untrue. You just need, like, no matter what, when we're trying to get world-class at something, trying to get really good at something, trying to do something off the beaten path, and the more off the beaten path it is, the harder it's going to be every single day. And there are going to be bright moments. I'm not saying it's going to be hell the entire time, because, you know, when you Mm -hmm. win that award or when you work on that game or you write a piece of music you're really proud of, that makes everything else worth it. That makes all the work you put in, decades of work, super, super worth it. But don't make the mistake that, okay, once I follow my gut or once I follow my dreams or whatever it may be, it's going to be fun 100% of the time. No, 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 no. There's a reason people (laughs) go into accounting because it's less painful than following this dream that we have because you don't have to wake up every single day and be like, God, am I ever going to make it? An accountant never thinks that. Right. They never think, oh, my God. That's true. Oh, is there any jobs left for me as an account? They never think that. They never think, oh, my God, this famous accountant. I'll never be as good as that. Those thoughts don't even cross their mind. So they don't have to deal with the pain that comes up with being anyone who's doing something that's really off the beaten path. So know that that's kind of part of the tax. That's kind of part of the thing that we need to pay to do it. And again, it's not going to be hell the entire time. It might not even be hell at all. It just might have moments of kind of struggle that no one else has to deal with. And other people around you who aren't doing this as well won't really fully understand. They'll be doing normal stuff and be like, well, I feel fine. Why don't don't you? And you just spent 10 days working on one track and it was all trash and you had to throw it all away. Not many people know what that's like. So, one, acknowledge that. Acknowledge that that's going to happen, and that's going to happen 
forever <laughs> that's kind of part of it <laughs> and two oh. surround yourself with other people who are also doing their own thing in whatever way it may be it doesn't have to just be game audio it can be anything mm-hmm. so it can be athletes it can be entrepreneurs it can be astronauts whatever it may be those people get it and if you're around more and more people in any capacity online email you know podcasts like this whatever it may be if you're around those people more in any capacity that makes a huge difference and if i may i'd love to share a little story about this because please do when i was in berkeley i was taking the bus to somewhere i don't even remember where and Typically on in Boston, people tend to either be really chatty and angry or really quiet and angry. So there's, those are the two choices you have as people. So someone sat down next to me and started talking to me. I'm like, okay, I have an angry, chatty person. But it turns out <laughs> that they were actually very nice. They were super nice. And they just struck up a conversation. It was just pure chance that they happened to sit next to me. And they were asking, like, you know, they're like 10, 15 years older than me. They're like, oh, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I'm a student at Berkeley. He's like, oh, I was a student at Berkeley too. I'm like, oh, do you do music? What's your, like, what are you doing nowadays? He pulls out his wallet and he takes out his NASA ID card. So he works at NASA. And he said, I had, you know, I was at Berkeley, but I quit because it was too hard. So I went into aerospace instead. 100% accurate. 100, completely agreed. And then later, like later that year, I was talking to an academic advisor and she, was, she mentioned offhandedly during our conversation that she's also an academic advisor at Harvard Medical. And I leaned forward because I've always had this interest in me of like, tell me about how other humans work because I'm a Slytherin. <laughs> and I leaned forward. I'm like, who has it harder, Berkeley or Harvard Medical? And she's like, oh, Berkeley, 100%. 100%. Oh, my gosh. And she, said, she put it really well. She said, they have a path. None of you do. And that makes it so much harder. They, they know exactly what they need to do to get A's and follow. It's hard, but they have a path. They do their residency, and then they do this, and then they do that, and then they're a doctor. We don't have that in any way, shape, or form. So that makes it infinitely harder. So that's also something we need to take in, into mind is we decided to do our careers on hard mode. So we might as well acknowledge it and kind of know what's coming and that will help us push through it you're blowing my mind right now <laughs> that is i like i'm speechless that's really cool <laughs> right crazy right but heck? makes perfect sense yeah it does yeah and i i want to back up just a second about what we were, what you were saying mm-hmm. about not expecting it to be like fun all the time yeah. you're, you're back to your jerry seinfeld quote and just <laughs> I mean, how that obviously that ties into your story because it's like, I was I was actually talking about that um, with somebody, and I don't know what it is, but it it, it keeps drawing you back to it. And I think, um, if if you have an interest in it, there's there's no reason not to pursue it. Like you know, I think the better off you are to acknowledge earlier on that this will be hard. Like whatever you decide to do there's there's always it always has to be hard you know yes. even if you go into rocket science like even if that's easier than being a music student at berkeley like that's there's still challenges with it yeah it's well it's this interesting thing where if you know exactly how you're going to accomplish your dreams that's not big enough and none of us when we're first starting mm-hmm. out have any idea how to like oh i'm going to be a famous musician or whatever it may be i have no idea yeah. how to do that great 
No. Perfect. <laughs> Set the sails, you know, just go yep. for it. That's. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. This is all just really, really good. I I'm just glad. I like listening to you talk and I'm just like, wow. Honored. Like, where have you been our whole podcast life? Oh, I'm so truly this honored. This is exactly what we need to hear this is my sure. this is my true ambrosia is this stuff like i i'm <laughs> i'm basically a a trying to be someone who like drags people across the finish line and a business person <laughs> who happens to also do sound design like it sound design is like the side thing at this point where i just want to like oh want gosh. everybody else to succeed crazy hard <laughs> I think you're doing a really good job at that. Oh, thanks. At least helping me. So yay, good. Thank you. Kicking and screaming, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. That's no, that's good though, because we, um, at least with with our podcast, we kind of started out as like um, motivation and yeah. inspiration for just for creatives, and then we kind of branched out to just anybody you know that has that has this dream of theirs that they want to you know make a thing and so i really really love that that everything that you've shared is applicable to anybody even though you know we're, we're both game audio mm -hmm. people like anybody can listen to that and and take advice from it so that's just like yeah that makes really me happy. extremely happy <laughs> well same this is just this is great we should do a sequel I, i'll be honored episode okay let's we'll plan that great. at some point we got to release this first right <laughs> <laughs> just kidding um that's man i feel like that's just a good what else is there to even say that's just that's just icing on the cake i think this was really really awesome Thank to you. be able to just talk with you and everything as far as like on the business side of things um because we we definitely have the motivational part down and the inspirational part and that's that's the part that i love the most but mm -hmm. we do it is good to talk about the business side of things right and you know like what what would you have like you know as someone that is you consider yourself an entrepreneur so what what are some what what, what can you share yeah so it's it's fun to be on like the business interest side of things too because i get to see kind of both sides of things like i get to talk to publishers and see how they do things i get to talk to sound designers and see how they do things and it's so fascinating to see on the artistic creation side of things, this massive disconnect with money. And in a lot of cases, not everybody, but a lot of cases, hatred of it, absolute hatred of it, or fear. Mm -hmm. it's, more, it's more accurately fear, but they posit it as hatred. So right. it's so fascinating to see people say things like, oh, all rich people are bad. And then in the next breath, they'll say, I can't afford my rent this month. Like, well, okay, hold on. <laughs> you know, you know that Wait. there's a mindset around this and there's so much to this where if we're scared of earning wealth because of some like belief we have about it, then we're not going to really get any of it. I know that sounds like woo woo, but it's 100 percent true because <laughs> growing up in a very poor immigrant family, the mindset is always money is bad. Rich people are terrible. Even if they earn more than us, they're terrible. Um, So-and-so bought a new car. Aren't they awful? And if orange juice is on sale, buy 64 cases of it now because you're never going to get <laughs> orange juice again because you're poor forever. That's the mindset. And right. as soon as you start to break out of that, because moving away was a big part of that, 
I started to be like, oh, wait, hold on. You're just, you're buying an appetizer at a, whoa, whoa, hold yes, on. Blurred. Okay. Oh my God. And you're having fun. Like it blew my mind. It completely <laughs> broke my brain. But here's the funny thing. As soon as you start understanding and changing your mindset around money as being a completely neutral thing, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just an IOU that we invented thousands of years ago. That's all it is. We start to realize the neutrality of it and how so many emotions around it either work for us or against us. And when they're working against us, we tend to do things like undercharging ourselves, which most composers and sound designers and artists in every field do. You know people two mm -hmm. times our age who totally undercharge. Like there are some industry legends who do not make as much as they you think they do. Let's just say it that way. They make very little money because they're scared of it or have some deep-seated belief that's preventing them from asking for it. So it's this interesting thing that can last for a lifetime that can prevent us from even so much as asking for it or even learning about it. Because I know people who, you know, lambast rich people or even lambast people who make 5,000 more than them a year or anything that makes more than them, they'll, they'll hate. And if I ask them, oh, have you spent one weekend or one hour reading anything about money and how you can improve your financial situation? They'll say no, because there's fear. There's fear in mm -hmm. that. And when we're so terrified of it, we can't improve our situation at all. So one thing I'll recommend to the, like any creative person, if, if that fear of money exists as it did for me, you kind of have to do either some immersion therapy, which is what I did. I spent as much time as I could around <laughs> rich people imaginable. So I would go to Microsoft networking events while I was at Berkeley and I would just talk and I'd just listen, wow. listen to how rich people talked. And it was so interesting. It was so <laughs> different and made me very scared and kind of started sweating to hear them just, they just talked about money like it was nothing because that's how it should be. It's just a neutral thing. Whereas people like in my background would be terrified of it. Oh, don't talk about it. Oh, it's so taboo. Oh my God. But it's this interesting <laughs> thing when we're all taboo about it and hush hush and scared, we ain't earning it. And when we're like cool yeah. with it, when we're chill with it, it's way easier to talk about. It's way easier to learn about. It's way easier to ask questions about. It's way easier to be around people who are earning more than us so we can learn from them. So how we can earn more. And it just becomes this total mindset shift. And when the mindset shift happens, we are open to becoming better with it. And as soon as we become better with it, we start to ask for more money. We start to learn more about negotiation. And we start to actually become interested instead of scared. And as soon as that fear becomes interest, that's when a career really starts taking off. And that's huge just because, like, you think about, um, I don't know, just in the beginning stages when you're you're – you feel bad to even charge anything oh, yeah. at all, you know, being so willing to work for free. Totally. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a whole other conversation, I think yes. unpaid versus free, yes. but, um, still just once you get, once you get better, I mean, I went through the same thing with, um, my piano students of just mm. like what I wanted to pay versus what, what I thought they'd probably want to yeah. pay. And the similar concept that kind of helped me before I, you know, went through all the game audio stuff is, or not went through it, started. When I started going through the game audio stuff is uh, I worked at Office Depot for a while and we'd have to sell them protection plans on their laptops oh, yeah. or whatever, right? You have to you get a commission off that right. or something. But 
you didn't hear that from me. I don't know if that's a secret, <laughs> <laughs> but, but so something that they, they tell you, um, is to like, so when you're pitching something to someone to don't, don't charge with your wallet. I love because that. I love when that. You're, yeah. And it, it really like opened my eyes a lot too. Cause it's like, if I'm, I'm offering this like $100 plan for your laptop, it's like, I'm not going to pay a hundred dollars, right? but they bought the laptop. They're most likely going to like they're more likely to spend that hundred dollars than you are totally true um so no it's sell with don't sell with your wallet i That's really like is. that Ooh. yeah Ooh. and and yeah at the same time yeah you can write that down um but it it still didn't like click as fast for me when i started taking piano students mm. i i still kind of just had that in the back of my mind of like charging what I want to charge, but I still, I still felt bad, you know, because mm-hmm. all these moms are like, like I don't want to make you, you know, pay that much. And especially if you're teaching like people that you know. Yeah, um, that's the tricky part. Yeah. But again, just like, just don't sell with your wallet. You got to, it, it took me too long to realize that I need to charge with what I think my time is worth. Right. And now I charge what I think I'm worth. And it's so much better. Makes everything better, right? It's not. It doesn't mean that we charge one million dollars tomorrow for a single sound. <laughs> That'd be great. I'd love that, but you know That'd that takes fantastic. time. But it yeah. does mean that a lot of people do tend to undervalue their time, and it's as we all know mm-hmm. a non-renewable resource. So we gotta be real careful with it. It's true. Yeah, and and if you're like super nice, you're even more yes. likely to shortchange yourself because you're like oh i'll just do it as a favor right don't do that don't do it <laughs> dangerous waters <laughs> dangerous waters yeah for sure that's really great advice though um that that's a really important uh, mindset to have mm-hmm. that you brought up with, with money i'm really glad you shared that yay <laughs> all right so i mentioned your website earlier in this episode but where where are some other places that we can check out more of your amazing advice and mindset and all the above. Oh, you. Um, so <laughs> go to my website, of course, akashthakar.com, and also hit me up on Instagram if you want to get in touch. That's the easiest way. I love Instagram to death, as many, many, many people know, because I mm-hmm. shout it from the rooftops nonstop. <laughs> but hit, if you want to get in touch, please hit me up on Instagram. Just DM me. I'll, I respond to basically everybody who asks any sort of question. I love it. And also on Twitter, of course, Akash the Car. And on Instagram, I'm Akash the Car Audio because Akash the Car was taken. God damn it. And Are you serious? Yeah, someone else has it and it's a private account, doesn't do heck? anything with it. Oh, <laughs> that's lame. I'll become I'm gonna become a super huge celebrity so I can take it. <laughs> well I'll, okay, well everybody that listens to this, we got a mission now. Yeah, okay? Follow Akash gonna... the Car Audio so that I may become Akash the Car <laughs> one day. Perfect. We're gonna get you verified. Hell yeah. Okay. So and then also on my website, if you go there, you can sign up for my newsletter where I give out tons of advice on how to actually build a career mm-hmm. in game audio i'll say but really it's kind of applicable to everybody kind of like you said earlier rachel it mm-hmm. applies to any sort of creative so i give out tons of advice on mindset on money on saying no to clients all sorts of stuff there so sign up for my newsletter if you want more of this good mind juice it really is amazing content <laughs> and i'm not biased at all in saying that <laughs> like there might be some but honestly, like you are one of my favorite accounts to follow because your advice just hits right there. Thank you. That right makes in me the real good happy. place. So 
good that's what i'm here for so <laughs> any anything else any any um cool articles we should read about you that came out recently or something no no new press i'm working on two secret projects right now so we'll see where those Ooh. go well as a create loud alum yeah when that comes out we'll definitely share it for you please yes that'd be amazing we'll do well we had a pretty dang good conversation just now. Mm, so I agree. <laughs> it's always like the worst ending conversations <laughs> because honestly, this is just, I love talking about this stuff. And so thank you so, so, so much for taking the time and everything to chat with me about that. This was a really, really good interview. I'm thrilled. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah.